the lift big eat big show we're on episode 10 we might continue our conversation around massive xl shops here in the usa that you can buy shirts past 8xl for all the massive fat dudes it's only a menswear shop too uh, and then but we're going to go into today another topic on growing muscle we've covered shoulders we've talked about overhead press last week we talked about a huge squat you can listen to those after this but today we're going to talk about the glutes which is i think the female version of the biceps chest and biceps female version is the glutes sure. um yeah but even dudes still need a perky butt you can't have a pancake butt in your suit pants or whatever you're wearing so you want to cover that but also remember in the description as well the lift big e big underground has all our training programs all of Colm's strongman programs all of my weightlifting programs all of the strength and size programs are all in there for one time low subscription per month so check that out but today we have as usual we have Colm, two times world's strongest man competitor and new zealand's strongest man a bunch of other accolades in the strength sports world then we have mona with <laughs> little mia up there mona's six times karate world champion crossfit games athlete commonwealth medalist and african champion all in olympic weightlifting as well so heaps of experience on the table here but let's dive straight into glute training and getting a big perky butt now i'm going to start this by saying if you're following those instagram people who do those booty workouts and you try and doing that and it's not working there's a reason it's not working because those suck and you should stop following those people and doing all those bullshit band exercises. They're going to do shit for you. And I'm going to tell you exactly why. But first, we break down to some really, I guess, basic anatomy. You have the gluteus maximus. That's like the biggest muscle in your butt. It's the most powerful muscle, I think, in the entire body, really. And its main function is hip extension. So essentially, bringing the hips forward or kicking the leg back, but also does the upper glute, well, upper glute max does external rotation. So essentially um turning your hip i guess t turning your foot out to the side i guess you could uh, is the easiest way to explain it but then it's also involved in hip abduction so think of those um sideline leg raises uh they did it all through the 80s and things like that so gluteus maximus, maximus is a lot of things the glute medius and minimus help with a lot of those movements but you can target funny enough you can actually target upper and lower portions of your glutes so a lot of people will We'll say, you know, you do, for example, push-ups or whatever, and you target the whole chest, uh, but you can't isolate different parts of the chest. But that doesn't seem to be true for, for most muscle groups. So even with the abs, you can target lower and upper abs with different exercises. So leg raises will target your lower abs. Crunches will target your upper abs. And you've probably felt this. I'm sure you guys have felt this too with different exercises. But it's the same with the glutes. You can target the upper glutes and the lower glutes with different exercises. And I think the most important takeaway when we're talking about glute training is the gluteus maximus the big muscle of the butt doesn't really kick in until the force requirements are high enough so for you if you're doing those stupid band exercises on walking side to side your glute maximus doesn't get any much stimulus and it doesn't really kick in until you're actually lifting something heavy and hard and i think that's the biggest where most people get it wrong with glute training they'll do these bank sizes and they skip that whole portion um but i think obviously with the rise of uh many different lifts on uh like the hip thrust and things that's changing but if we start with lifting heavy and bring in that glute maximum glute maximus so uh when squatting lunging and deadlifting the contribution from the glutes increases as the load increases and if we take a look at some of the research there we see the hips provide 33% greater contribution 
of the glutes when you squat 90% of 1RM versus 50% 1RM. So a third increase just from that uh, increase in load. Same thing when we lunge, we see a 22.8% greater hip contribution when you add 50% additional body weight versus a 12.5% additional body weight load when lunging. And then same thing with deadlifting, 80% 1RM versus 10% 1RM increases hip contribution by 33%. So essentially, as you're adding loads to these exercises, your glutes become more involved in the movement and that's going to help them grow. Now, we can also talk about glute activation and this whole idea around you need to activate your glutes. You have glute amnesia, you have sleepy glutes. I'm sure you guys have all heard this too, but essentially it's a crock of shit. Um, you yeah, people, I, I just want to interrupt that because people yeah, bring yeah, jump that up in. all the time. People, yeah, I was going to say people bring that up all the time because, and I think a lot of it stems from, you know, them going to see a physical therapist or maybe a chiropractor, whoever, um, and they all tell them, oh, you're not activating your glutes. Um, and that's the problem. Mm -hmm. And I've just heard so yeah. many athletes come to me and be like, hey, I, I went to a physical therapist and they say my glutes are sleepy. Yeah. But if your glutes were asleep, you wouldn't be walking. That's the problem. And if we actually dive into the research on glute activation, there's some research showing, okay, it might help, but most of it is showing essentially it's not helping. And a lot of it is extrapolated from pretty dodgy stuff. So I think one of the main studies, they did a seven exercise glute circuit and they compared that against two other warm-up protocols, but they were like the shittiest warm-up protocols you would ever use. And then they were showing, okay, well, the glute activation protocol was best. I mean, you did a seven exercise circuit. Yeah, it's going to be better than sitting there static stretching. Um, so you can't you can't take that into real context. <clears throat> and then uh, same thing, we've got um, glute, glute activation warm-ups. A lot of them use that same seven exercise circuit, a reduction in jump height um, after completing the activation. So it might even reduce your performance depending on how you're doing it. Um, and then also over the long term, people will be like, okay, glute activation is going to make my glutes stronger and I'm going to be able to do essentially lift more weight over time, et cetera. So three times per week for six weeks of glute activation training does not enhance glute activation or strength in the long term. So yeah, that, it's, it's not something that is going to build your glutes and directly give you a bigger butt. But in saying that, there is a time and place for doing something before your training if you cannot feel your glutes when you're doing various exercises. So if you're coming in, your first exercise is a hip thrust or a Romanian deadlift or whatever it is, and you struggle to feel your glutes while training, then doing some kind of activation beforehand can help carry that feeling over into that movement. And that's positive because if you can't feel the muscle working, uh, it's going to be difficult for you to help that grow within certain exercises. Um, I don't know if you've had any uh, anything like that, Colm, with maybe yourself or clients where, you know, maybe they can't feel certain muscles working and your main goal is hypertrophy. You do something beforehand. Yeah. And so I do use like a basic hip circle quite a bit, but mainly with general population people, um, like you're saying, just to get a bit of feeling, but the, if the goal is hypertrophy for the glute uh, of the glutes, we have to progress. Like you said, the load, like doing a band walk is just not, not big. We can't progress it. So, but it's a nice first step for a general population person who doesn't do much, doesn't know how to activate their glutes at all. 
and suddenly you put this band on it, it's a band on them around their knees, it's a nice safe exercise, they can do a little bit initially. And I still do use that like quite a bit for general pop just as a, a nice simple warm-up, but mm-hmm. that's all that's all I see it as. Um a nice simple warm-up. And just like you're saying, I've seen it taken really, really far. Um like <laughs> with people doing some ridiculous amounts of volume on it. But it's yeah. not gonna like Progressive, basic progressive overload on those exercises that you can um, progress over time is going to what's is what is going to lead to hypertrophy in the glutes. Yeah, that's that's the big compound exercises, and and what and one of those, I mean, the squat is a contentious one within the space. It it depends on your build with the squat. Some people, um, pretty much now their quads squatting. Other people can grow their glute squatting. So that's going to be a trial and error i guess through uh, down the line but the most important thing is if you're squatting and your priority is glute development you have to squat deep if you're cutting your squats short you're you're basically cutting your your glute growth short within that um and there are obviously there's multiple types of squats too right your front squat back squat low bar squat and yes we can we can say okay low bar squat is probably going to be better for glute development because you have that slight forward lean that slight forward lean uh, brings the hips into the movement a little more than being completely upright. Um, yes, I, I can see that, but I don't think it matters that much in the grand scheme of things. Also, if you look at some of the research as well, they found bodybuilders um, had the greatest glute activation when they're doing front squats, you know, which is kind of sounds counterintuitive. But I think as long as you're squatting deep, you got, the glutes are involved. Like you can't yeah. not you can't not push with the glutes during a squat. Um, I don't know if, if you have any any thoughts on that as well, Colm, in terms of uh, squatting and glute growth. Is that one of your go-to exercises uh, for glutes? Um, yeah, I definitely use a lot of squat variations. And like us, like we mentioned in the um, episode on squats, like all, all squat variations are fantastic. And yeah, for the glutes, you have to go to full depth. So if you like doing that ultra-wide style um oh, you know yeah. the multiply kind of squat in mm-hmm. theory you're like loading the hips a lot but you're just not getting that bigger as bigger range of motion even though technically like you're saying the high bar squat you're going to be more upright it's going to be more quad if you're suddenly going all the way down though the glutes are going to be in more of a stretch at the bottom have to use the glutes to get out of the hole um so yeah i yeah. i definitely think kind of whatever whatever squat variation allows um, you to safely perform the biggest range of motion is the one to go with. Um, you know, barring other issues, obviously the low bar has the upper body, elbow and shoulder strain, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, yeah, big big depth for glutes. Um, same with lunge variations, nice big depth. So you can elevate yeah. the front foot, that sort of thing. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, I think, I think the, just like you said, it's all about the depth, really. Yeah, uh, when it comes to squats and glutes. Yeah, for sure. Mona, is, uh, I know you've got some of your favorite glute, exor- glute exercise. <laughs> Mia's not happy about the glute exercises. What, what, what are some of your go-to exercises? Yeah, some of my favorite glute exercises. Now, one thing I must mention, being an Olympic weightlifter, um, I feel like 
we also being in the sport for so long, it's one of those sports that like just really grows your butt nicely. Even though the goal in weightlifting is to lift as heavy as you can in competition, um, obviously with like good technique and whatever, especially if you're a competitor. Um, but you never see a weightlifter with no butt. Um, so it's one of those things that is like an extra benefit on top of it because every single thing that you do is a squat, like a snatch, a clean and jerk, and then you do squats and then you do pulls. So everything works and you'll even do things like your Romanian deadlifts and those kind of things. And that's also the Romanian deadlifts is also one of my other favorite exercises to do. Um, but yeah, definitely squats. Um, I'm more front squat kind of person. Um, that's one of my favorites. Back squat I like, but yeah, if I had to choose front squats all the way. Um, actually, one of the exercises I really love that, you know, is also really great for like building uh, big glutes is Bulgarian split squats. And I know that's one of James's oh, yeah. least favorite because even if he puts it in it. a program <laughs> and we have to do it, that's one of the things where he's like, um, okay, if we have to cut something else, <laughs> we cut out the Bulgarian split I never squat. cut anything. I do everything yeah. always. Uh, I'm sorry for throwing you under the bus, but, <laughs> but I, you know I do you everything. hate it. No. I do he everything do on it, the program. But, but he, it's not his favorite. But um, yeah, things like Bulgarian split squats, um, you know, I know people have a love-hate relationship with it because for me, it's one of those exercises because I can just really feel it work. It's super challenging. Um, and just because I do squat variations with both my legs, always I don't do single leg work much, but obviously now that I'm not doing a lot of weightlifting, I really am trying to emphasize a lot more of those type of exercises. Um, like I actually just started, I'm in week three now of a glute emphasis program because I actually said, you know, after little me, I was born that I need a goal. I need to get back to training. Um, and obviously at the moment, weightlifting is not my main priority, but I do need something to work for. And one of the things that I thought, you know, I just, from all the years of doing weightlifting, like that was one thing of mine that, I didn't have to train extra. I didn't have to work for a big butt or anything like that because weightlifting just kind of did that for me. <laughs> but now that, you know, I don't do a lot of weightlifting, that was actually the first thing that I saw in my own body that has kind of disappeared. So now I'm doing my glute focus program. And it was funny because it was, I've been posting it on Instagram and I have had so many women comment or ask me about my program because it's one of those super popular things, like what you were saying earlier, James. It's like, um, you know, uh, people post, you know, booty workouts all over the internet and band workouts and like all these kind of things. It doesn't really work. And a lot of them, you know, it, it's also one of those things where it has to do with your genetics. Um, it has to do with just, you know, a lot of people Photoshop it in there, um, do everything they should. And it's, you know, the way they sell programs. Um, but in essence, to get a big, strong butt, you have to do, like you guys mentioned, you have to do the compound movements. You have to do, you know, strength movements, push it, you know, go heavy. Um, you can't just sit with like a few body weight exercises and whatever. And yes, Calm, you were right, like for the general population, that's definitely a way to start if you've never trained before. I'm all for that. I mean, for me, I love giving those exercises with bands and even the body weight work. I like giving that even as warm-ups for my weightlifters because it tends to help them, like you were mentioning earlier, just helping them feel the uh, glutes a bit more, but also just helps them sit in a squat more comfortably. Um, 
but yeah, other things that I really like is things like your hip thrust. Um, that's probably one of my favorite ones to do. And I don't know if there's any mommies listening or mommy athletes or women thinking of like having babies in the future. But I know this is one thing that I even wondered about a lot um, before I had Mia is where do I place the bar with hip thrust to still make sure that, you know, I feel my glutes. And because I had a C-section and I obviously still have the scar, it will be there for a very long time. I'm still in recovery. Um, but we found a way um, that I can actually do it with a bar and with weight. Um, you know, I've just moved where I put the bar for hip thrust. So I put it now at the high part of my, of my thighs. So I can do those types of exercises again, which has been really exciting. Um, and yeah, when it comes to probably my favorite exercises, um, yeah, that, that's it. Before getting back to the podcast, I want to let you know that down in the description, there's a link to the Lift Big, Eat Big Underground. And within that, you get access to all our training programs, online courses, and into our private Discord community, where all three of us are in there to help you with whatever it is with your training. Regarding the programs, we have Mona, who's done all of the weightlifting cycles. We have Colm, who's done the Strongman off-season and Strongman competition programs. Then we have all the hallmark Lift Big, Eat Big training programs, Pump Dragon, Flanks Method, and many more. And I've also added muscle building specialization programs within that and are continually to update and add training programs into our app. You also get access to Mona's weightlifting mastery online course, and you get to join these calls live in the audience where you can ask members only question and answers at the end of each episode. So if that sounds like you, go down in the description, there's a link there to Lift Big Epic Underground, and that'll give you access to everything I just mentioned. Nice. Yeah, it's <clears throat> funny, the hip thrusters, I think the most hated glute exercise currently i don't know why uh, it's, it's funny when um brett Contreras, obviously the inventor of the hip thrust so he came and studied at our at our university and I, I, you you obviously met brett as well Colm, when he came yep. down to yeah so when when he when he posted on his on his blog however this was over 10 years ago i think that he was coming to new zealand to studying this and i commented on i remember commenting on that and then i i was in the gym the next day and I was like, okay, he's probably going to be in the gym that day too. And he happened to be coming to went to the gym the same time that I went in. And on that day, I also happened to have hip thrust on my program. None of that was planned. It just happened to fall on that day. So I introduced myself to Brett while he was lifting and stuff. And then I had him watch me do hip thrusts. Basically, the first day I was there to get the the technique from the master, basically. And I've been using, I mean, I've been using it ever since. And then I think it's a really good exercise. I use it even within the athletic population. I think it even it serves an awesome purpose in the, uh, I guess, the bodybuilding physique world for building glutes. I think it's probably the most underrated exercise for glutes that people should be. I mean, if glutes is your priority, you should be hip thrusting. It's I think it's that simple. Many people would be like, oh, you don't need to do it. You can just do squats, lunges, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you can, but you can also use the hip thrust. And the hip thrust, just, yeah, the, the burn you get in your glutes from doing that is insane. The loads you can put up are huge too. Um, but even within athletic populations, the way the reason I really like it is because you don't get the axial loading stress or so the stress of the bar, say, sitting on your back, going through your spine um, with heavy loads, where there's hip thrust, you can load heavy, you can still get that stimulus, but you're not getting that, that same systemic fatigue that you're going to get from heavy squatting or heavy deadlifting. And that's what I really, really like about the hip thrust, at least in an athletic population sense, because obviously the technical side is your most important. Whereas if you're just training for physique, yeah, go broke in the gym. You know, the only thing you need to recover for is the next session um, of doing the same thing. So uh, that's, yeah, hip thrust is definitely a go-to. Another interesting one, I don't know if you've played around a lot with it, Colm, is the step up. I wrote the step up off 
for many years, in fact, forever. I barely did them. I didn't prescribe them at all, really. I didn't think they served much value. But I was reading a pretty interesting article, Anthony Dottillo's blog. I don't know if you if you follow Anthony Dottillo's blog. He, he reposts like all the old-time Strongman articles from the magazines and things. And he had won an old magazine, and it was, I think it was Terry Todd. Terry Todd and the Bulgarian weightlifting coach. And it was something from like the 80, the late 80s. And there was this anecdotal thing in there where the Bulgarian weightlifting team at that time stopped squatting altogether. So no squats and only did the step up. And they were doing the step up like stupidly heavy, like, and breaking clean and jerk world records. Obviously, you know, there's other things, compounds involved, but to be able to remove the squat, step up over 500 pounds for three reps a leg and to be that brutally strong from that exercise. Plus, um, I guess one of the recent meta-analysis papers looking at glute, uh, glute, I guess, activation during different exercises found the step up to be to activate the glutes to the greatest extent compared to every other exercise. I don't know if that's because just because there's a stability component to it as well that maybe led to that EMG activity. But regardless, you have that, plus you have you know, a little field test with a weightlifting team removing the squat completely. And just doing the step up for years, yeah, that blew my mind. So I've started doing quite a few step ups um, since, which is, yeah, it's been interesting. I don't know if you've uh, come across anything common with the step up or is that something you like? Yeah, I'm actually a big fan of the step up. I use it um, more so though, like as an assistance move for strongman. So yeah. I first started experimenting with it after I saw Brian Shaw doing like a, um, I guess maybe you'd call it a hat field, like the safety squat bar. Yeah. So I didn't have to hold on it. And then he was doing a step up. I quite like that yeah. variation, but I, I normally use it to not as big a depth and I save the bigger depth for Bulgarians or a lunge variation. Yeah. Um, but this is talking, yeah, I'm, I'm using it mainly for strongman. Um, but I, I can definitely see a purpose for it in growing the glutes as well. I like my assumption would be, it would be better for the glutes if you can do it a decent, like a decent step. Yeah. Uh, so you're getting a big range of motion, but not to the point that you're jumping off the other leg too much. Yeah. Yeah. If you go too high, I imagine you're just going to have to jump off the other leg um, a bit too much. But I was curious if you know um, what sort of height they were doing it when they replaced their squat so training with. So, so they did it based on if they had quad or hamstring weakness. So they would do oh, lower okay. boxes for the ones who had who needed to build their quad strength, and they would do higher boxes for ones that need to build their hamstring glute strength. So um, I think that anything above where the thighs parallel is where it will be more glute hamstring. So when I do them, I just do them like the thigh, top of thigh will be parallel basically with the floor. Um, yep. So like a 90, 90 degree angle. Uh, and that just, that seems fine. But yeah, you can, I mean, with the rugby players I used to train for sprinting and stuff, I'd do super low. I would do like a 45 pound bumper plate and that yep. will be the box. So it's, yep. you load it up super heavy and it's just about stiffness when you, when you hit the um, plate and push. Um, but again, that's different to the glute stuff, but that's just like getting rapid hip extension under huge load with a very small thing. Um, yep. Another glute exercise as well is it's obviously the glute bridge. And many people use that as either a warm up, a physio exercise. Some people will load it like you. So a difference between a glute bridge and a hip thrust for anyone listening who's not quite sure. A hip thrust, you have your back against the bench, whereas a glute bridge, you're lying flat on the floor. So the hip thrust, you have a, a larger range of motion. And the glute bridge, you have a smaller range of motion, but you can obviously use more weight with a smaller range of motion. Now, 
I'm not so much of a fan of the glute bridge for building glute. I mean, actually for really anything, to be honest, even loaded. Um, even though you get larger glute activation from it, but I mean, you have a shorter range of motion and usually heavier loads too. So I'd, yeah, it's something you can use, but I think the hyper thrust has more value than the glute bridge for that. I don't know if, if um, Colm, you got any comments on that too? Yeah, I, I would agree. The only reason I've really used a glute bridge is just equipment. Um, that's the one drawback I find with a hip thrust is just setting it up. Oh, um, dude, the setup both, is such a bitch. Yeah, I unfortunately don't, like I do try to implement it in a lot of my online clients' programs, but it's often the one, if, if it's a strongman athlete and they're already doing a lot of squats and deadlift movements, by the time they get to it, they're often just, they can't be bothered and I always see it left out. So we go with <laughs> other variations, but depending on what the person's goal is and also just what, how easy it is for them to set up at that particular gym. Some gyms it's yeah. easier to set up than others. Yeah, that's um, true. But yeah, if I had the choice, equipment's no issue, I would go hip thrust every day basically over um, the glute bridge. Yeah. We for those same reasons. Remember at... Um... It was one of the commercial gyms in New Zealand. There was actually one of those glute bridge machines. And that just oh, made... Oh, yeah, those are like... Glute... Those hip thrust machines are legit. Yeah. Oh, hip thrusting machines, yeah. yeah. And that just made hip thrusting so much easier. I mean, if you load a barbell, like for you guys to feel something, if you're like strongman or even weightlifters, you know, and you guys want to actually get a good workout in, I mean, you probably have to load like... 300 to, kilos and um, so you need the amount of, yeah. yeah imagine and the amount the of yeah to to do that so i can i can see why for a lot of people it can be missions um it's almost one of those exercises like uh even bent over rows you know the ones on the boxes that you have to do uh yeah. what do you call mm. that seal row or seal row yeah, or bench seal, yeah that one it's such a fun one to do but setting up is just such a mission um, but I guess, you know, if you, if you do it and it's like, you know, once or twice a week and it's like the first exercise and you get it over and done with, I feel like that's probably the best way <laughs> to get a client motivated to do that. Um, I actually wanted to say another one that, um, is also really good. That's, you know, kind of like full body where it works, you know, the hamstrings and the lower back as well, but good mornings, um, is another, uh, another one that I enjoy doing and. Um, I actually do it a little bit differently and I prescribe it a little bit differently um, to obviously I when I program it to weightlifters, I will actually do a good morning like you would do it, but then I'll have the athlete actually come up explosively onto their toes. Um, and I just find like even with that movement, doing the explosiveness, yes, it's got a good carryover to weightlifting because you want that explosive second pull, but then also with doing that, you actually feel the glutes a lot more. I really like, as soon as Mona did that variation, I that's how I do my good mornings now, if I do them. I don't really do good mornings too often now, but if I do them, I like I love that variation. It's just like, I have to give them a go. Yeah, yeah I honestly, it, try it. It feels really good. Yeah, I, I must give credit. I was on a training camp in Egypt, and we were training with a national team, um, and that's where I saw it the first time. And when I started like doing that we were obviously told you know this is how we're going to do it like when we do it on training camps and stuff and since then i think i was about 15 or 16 when i went on that training camp and since then it's been like 
the number one exercise. And I've never seen other countries do it. That's the other thing. Um, you know, you'll always, if you see weightlifters doing it, they'll do it the traditional way, going down slow, coming up, you know, normal speed. Um, but if you think about it in a sport like weightlifting, where your second pool has to be so explosive, by doing the movement that has the direct carryover, um, I, I actually found that it helped me be more aggressive in my second pool as well. Mm. Yeah, you see Muhammad Ihab do it often, don't you? Yes, yes. They actually, yeah. the way some of them actually do it is with a jump. Um, I wouldn't oh, recommend what? anyone doing that um, unless you are an elite level athlete because yeah, doing a good morning and jumping with well, it. And then funnily enough, it. funnily enough, what? the good morning with the jump is an exercise that I prescribed a lot <clears throat> for our rugby guys, but with bands. It comes from, well, Chris mm. Corfus actually brought it May have made it mainstream within at least there. You don't see anyone doing it now, but basically the concept was the ankle rocker and being able to find the position with a positive shin angle and being able to jump. And, he, and his theory is the the players or the athletes that were the best jumpers from that good morning or hip hinge position were often the fastest athletes. Mm, so it's an interesting concept. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. So, yeah, that good morning jump, obviously, I think that's the hidden exercise. That's the secret exercise. Only yeah. Egypt's doing probably, it. Only a few yeah. speed stuff. That's secret. I was going to say, I, I think actually if a person wants to start doing that kind of movement, you know, to start off with things like jump squat, which is also another good exercise, you know, to build the glutes. Um, I know if I do jump squat and adding a barbell to it, that's one thing I also like giving to my weightlifters um, is barbell jump squats. That's another great one. Um, for growing the glutes but it's also one of those exercises that's brutal um, but I think what you were mentioning with you know doing it with a band I think if someone has never done a good morning with the explosiveness upwards you know which could then be a progression um, you know start off with a band then go to the bar um, and just do the one where you explode onto your onto the balls of your feet and then you know don't just go and try something fancy because you saw like you said, Muhammad Iyab doing it. Um, that's also one thing like these weightlifters that are world-class athletes and they are athletes. So basically they can do anything and they can do it safely um, and their bodies are conditioned for it. And then you see a newcomer try these exercises and yeah, it doesn't always end the best way. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. And I, I think one, one exercise we're left out of here is the back extension and Back extension, people go, mm. back extension just works works the back. But <clears throat> there's ways you can do it to make it smash the glutes like crazy. And instead of thinking about pulling your shoulders up and arching your back, you think about pushing your hips through the pad like you're doing like an upside-down hip thrust, I guess. And by doing that, it changes the exercise completely. It's a completely different exercise when you push the hips through the pad versus raising the shoulders. So if you want to target the erectors, yeah, you can th you can just raise the shoulders up and down, and that way you you feel it there. I mean, you still feel the glutes, but if you push the hips through the pad, it's a it's completely different feeling. Um, and you can do that on the ninety degree and the forty five degree back extension. It feels better on the ninety degree back. Well, it feels really damn good on both, but I think the ninety degree back extension because because it's um the hardest part of the exercise is when your body is completely straight, so you get that lockout. Um, that can be very, very tough. And then to tack onto that is the hyper dead. And <clears throat> essentially it's, uh, I think people have a billion names for it, but I, I got this exercise from Steve Pulsanella way back in the day. I don't know if you, uh, from Iron Sport Gym, Colm. Um, 
Yep, I know the guy. Yeah, yeah. So essentially on a 45-degree back extension and you load the barbell and you hold it in a snatch grip and then you're basically doing snatch deadlifts on a back 45-degree back extension machine. So you're locked in, so everything is hips. And man, I'll do this. I used to do this exercise every single week when, when we had a 45-degree back extension. I loved it. Um, I was doing up to like 80 kilos for reps, just smashing hammies and glutes doing that one. It's, yeah, I mean, that thing is just going to make you stupidly strong doing stuff like that. So back extension machines, they, if you're growing glutes, you should be doing you should be doing them as part of your program. The best thing is you can do them body weight too. So if you're doing heavier stuff at the start of your session, maybe you're doing heavy hip thrust plus some reps, <clears throat> maybe you're doing some kind of heavy squat, Romanian deadlift or lunge or whatever, you can do high rep burnout sets on the back extension, sets of 20, 25, 30. I mean, if you're <clears throat> like a messagist and just want to like absolutely destroy yourself doing it, then yeah, you can do 20 to 30 reps. Same thing with lunges. You can, I mean, I've walked a whole, um, a whole rugby field doing walking lunges before and damn, I could barely walk yeah. after that. Yeah. Stupid things like that, you know, like <clears throat> all these things you can do just for a bit of fun if, if you call that fun, but, um, back extensions, Colm, are you, uh, you in on those for, for glute development? Yeah, for sure. For me, this is another one that really is equipment dependent. I quite, yeah. I, I'm a big <laughs> fan of those with like, um, with the barbell as well, loading it. Uh, I don't normally have snatch grip, but that's a good idea. Um, mm, more range. However, for heavyweights, and then you combine the fact that you're loading a barbell, it can just be quite a lot on the on the uh, machine or the bench, <laughs> depending yeah. on the quality of it. So, like myself, I love the exercise, but I don't tend to do it because I just feel, you know, I just feel that bench. I got like, a tip. <laughs> moving a little bit under my weight just body weight and then i don't want to add too much um weight on top of it other than that though when i've been at aussie we had some really sturdy ones um it's such an awesome exercise yeah uh, if you can load it heavy like yeah that. you can do them single leg too but i feel a single leg yep. hits the hammies harder than the glutes um, same yeah 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 so i still like it but yeah yeah no i, I agree with you Mona, you got something to, to pitch in there. Yeah, I wanted to say it's also another popular one with weightlifters. Um, and also for, mm. like you were mentioning, the um, equipment dependent. Um, and yeah, it also depends on, you know, the athletes and stuff. But often what the weightlifters will do, um, especially when they are in a gym and there's no, you know, uh, pipe extension machine or whatever, they end up holding each other's legs on a flat bench and maybe put it on blocks. Mm. Um, but again, then you need to make sure you trust your partner who's holding <laughs> your legs. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's such a great exercise, putting plates uh, at the top of your back. Um, you know, it's just one of those exercises that's very good for weightlifters. You know, just again, building a very strong, you know, basically posterior chain. And it's just, yeah, it's one of those exercises where um, you don't see a lot of people doing it but it's definitely one of my favorites that I've done over the years and that, you know, I like giving to athletes if they do have the equipment. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And I think we'll, we'll do one, one more exercise for this before we get into some set rep stuff, but the kettlebell swing is another one that is, is ba you're basically doing a violent, fast Romanian deadlift and you're cycling just heavy hip extensions over and over and over. And, it's just important that if you're doing the kettlebell swing, don't do them CrossFit style. Don't do what you see everyone doing with bending the legs 
and squatting the weight and then using their arms to bring it over the head. Your arms should be relaxed and the kettlebell should move just from the momentum from your hips. Um, a good cue I got uh, read from Dan John is attack your zipper. So, oh, wait, do, do, do chicks have zippers in their pants leaf? I don't know. I don't know if they... <laughs> If they even do, so I don't know if that cue works. Do you even know what, what I'm talking about? What do you mean a about? zipper in a pants? No. So in your in your <laughs> pants for dudes, you have a zipper, right? To take your to take a piss. What? Oh, like in a don't... like with jeans, but you won't. Yeah. Have a... Yeah, well, like I in guess jeans. If we wear jeans, if we wear jeans, yes, unless you wear jeans. But so okay. I guess we do. So, have that. Okay, I'm just. I was just double checking. I was just double checking that maybe our two woman audience understands what I mean by attack the zipper. So you're going to attack the <laughs> zipper with the kettlebell. So it's basically going to be above your knees when it comes through. So, and another way is if you have like one of those small aerobic steps, you put those in between your legs and you don't want the kettlebell to hit it. Um, and that's going to keep everything hip hingy versus squatty. Because if you start bending your legs a lot, you're basically taking the hips out of the movement and you're starting to bring in more of the quads. And then the kettlebell should kind of fly up with a relaxed arm. It should end up with your arms basically in front of you. Um, it shouldn't go above that and go above your head. That makes no sense. You can't, it just doesn't work that way. Um, and then on the way down, you can either relax and let the kettlebell fall, or you can pull the kettlebell down back to your legs. So it's a faster eccentric. Um, obviously you can add bands to it to increase the eccentric too. Obviously, that's more advanced if you're doing that because you have to turn that extra speed back the other way. So just let the kettlebell fall back down initially before you start to do uh, stuff like that too. Um, I, I don't know if you guys are, are fans of the kettlebell swing or, or not, Cole. Maybe I don't know if that's something you use in, in Strongman very often. It's actually one of my favorite exercises. Out of oh, there you go. Exercises. Yeah. What? I love why? Them. Why, um, why are your favorite just... of all exercises? I, I love doing them. I love the motion and I like, I just find it such a good ender for a, a session. Basically. Um, I've been a big fan of them. I think it was actually Brett who showed me how to do them properly back at AUT as well. Yeah. Um, you know, in a way using the hip hinge motion. Um, but I think it's a fantastic like assistance movement for strongmen in general. Um, and just most sports really like explosively moving the hips that way. And I became, I really started playing around with it after I read Andy Bolton's book on deadlifting. Can't remember mm -hmm. the title of the book. Um, but he was saying how that's one of his favorite assistance exercises for the deadlift. Um, he's a very, he doesn't squat the deadlift at all. He's a very hip dominant, like hinger mm -hmm. with a pull. And for myself being similar, I find it's a fantastic um, assistance exercise it does like in strongman that we do throwing over a bar it looks similar to a kettlebell swing but you're better off just practicing the throws the techniques a little bit different but yeah. at the same time if you've got no space to throw it and throws aren't always in the competition it's a nice a nice movement my um main problem with the kettlebell swing again is just equipment and loading it um yeah. so sometimes the like sometimes there's like a um uh like a, have you seen the Diddy stone handles yeah that you can buy you the can load thin, those the up. thin the th wait Diddy stone are you talking about the thin circle ones or are you talking about something different it's like uh so it's like a, a ring 
Yeah. And then it's got a, a pipe that you load the plates on. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so you can use that for swings. I think those kind of implements are nice because you can load them. Um, yeah. But then you still run into the issues of like 20 kg plates can be quite wide. So it yeah. just affects the stance. So ideally, like if um, you have access to some super heavy kettlebells or some kind of really dense implement that you can do well. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan of kettlebell swings. But even with the super heavy kettlebells, they get so massive and the handles get so thick, you can barely swing them. Like um, even the ones that are like 80, 90, 100 kilos, man, they're so massive. Obviously, they have to be big to be that heavy. Does the handle get thicker as well? The, hand, the handles get thicker too. Yeah. So yeah, it's like really a full, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I got a front. But it's almost like a forearm. It's like a forearm workout as well then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've never used one with really fit handles, but I would. that mm. sounds a bit dangerous to me. Yeah, uh, like of it flying out. Well, but with well, at I least with to, the Dinny one, it's yeah. been. Hmm. I was gonna say, um, in CrossFit, that was probably one of my worst exercises to do. Like, if there was one exercise I disliked the most out of all the exercises, it was kettlebell swings because <laughs> nothing else made me want to vomit like kettlebell swings. I have no idea if it's because of the backwards and forward <laughs> motion that. I just got like motion sickness or whatever. Um, also, what you guys were mentioning about the kettlebells and like obviously like safety and things. I was at a CrossFit gym once and um, one of the girls who was competing, um, she was going to go to regionals and they were doing, I think they were doing a team workout or something. And one of her teammates um, was doing one of the workouts with the kettlebell and ended up letting it go from their hands and ended up dropping on her foot. So she broke her foot before oh, going to regional. So she was out. Um, so yeah, it's definitely, I can see how if you want to do something like that and take on those massive handles or those heavier ones, just make sure there's no one around. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. But I actually, I actually wanted to like ask you guys, there was one exercise that we haven't actually spoken about and something mm -hmm. I've seen over the years, it used to be very popular. I don't see it as much anymore, and I'm not quite sure why. Uh, but what are your thoughts on belt squats? I like him. I like him. Just takes the load off off the back and be able to use them for glutes, though. Um, I'm not so sure because it, it tends to put you in a position where you can't lock the hips out because you're kind of partly bent over the whole yeah. time. Because if you lock the hips out, you, the belt falls down your ass, and then you lost it. <laughs> yeah. So, so you don't get that hip extension. So you don't. You don't feel the glutes as much when you're doing the belt squat. Um, but in saying that, if doing something like um, like a, like a deficit, like sumo squat kind of thing, when you're holding the kettlebell between your legs, I mean, that that's a good um, substitute you can use for a belt squat that you're not loading something on your back that will give you the glutes, uh, better glute involvement than doing it on an actual belt squat machine. <clears throat> yeah. Anyone else? And, That's and it. <laughs> Did you do things like belt squats? No, I, I just I, wanted to mention it because it's like, um, like I like doing it. And obviously it's a nice squat variation that like you were saying, when I had my back injury um, and I couldn't do a squat at all, that was actually one of the exercises that, you know, even though we did it um, on um, a flywheel, but I mean, I also did them sometimes on when I would stand on boxes and I would have a belt around me and a chain and the kettlebell hanging at the bottom. Um, and I felt like it worked actually really well. But again, it's one of those exercises. I think it's dependent on the individual. 
Yeah, I I like them for two main reasons: working around injury, so like you said, and also adding a little bit of extra quad volume without beating up the lower back too much. Um, can't say I've specifically implemented them for glutes, uh, but for though like just in general, those two reasons, I think they're they're a really good exercise, especially for um, like that strong man who's very posterior chain dominant and maybe can't um, tolerate too many other kinds of exercises. If you put the belt squat on them, they can hit the quads really well without risking any of those other aspects. Nice. Nice. And, and when we, when we talk sets and reps as well for these exercises, I, I think it's exercise dependent with a lot of these. So for the hip thrust specifically, I'm a big fan of doing, uh, sets of eight to 10 and then doing like a, a, a drop-off set for the last one of like 15 to 20 or burnout set or whatever you want to call it. I think that works really well and you can um, progress that through the weeks pretty easily. You could do, for example, sets of eight and then a set of 15. And then as you get through the month, you can do a set of 10 then a set of 20 um, and things like that. So there's things you can do there. Regarding the big lifts, squats, deadlifts, RDLs, sets of eight to 10 as well. You don't want to go too crazy on those. Um, and then when you get to your single leg work, like your bogging and split squats, or even your back extension, your back extensions, your lunges, um, some of the other things we've talked about, then we're looking at like 10 to 20 plus reps um, on the higher end. I don't know if, if you see it the same way, Colm, if maybe you, you like to use lower reps for some things when it comes to glute development. Uh, not super low, just like you were saying. In terms of hypertrophy, I think those are that's good advice. And I also like getting people to finish with a higher rep set of hip thrusts um one to feel that burn but also i feel like it takes away like i don't know if this is a thing or not but i feel like <laughs> for some reason people love trying to just go for the burn in the glutes and that's why yeah. you see people trying to do these crazy hip circle exercises that walking on have you seen that one they walk up like a um a stair master and they do like a kickback oh, dude. have you seen that <laughs> i um, think i've seen something stupid like that same, yeah. like same idea oh, you, yes as i know what you're talking about now yeah, yeah. that's so it's so fucking retarded you'll get a um glute burn but there's no load like you know it'll burn so everyone seems to want to do these exercises that give that like burn feeling so just do the hip thrust just do higher reps at the end um and your glutes will be fried and you can overload that over the weeks in terms of just glute size development i wouldn't really like i could see a justification for doing sets of five on the hip thrust again before a higher rep set mm. or like over a period of time working up to sets of five but i wouldn't five would really be the limit for me i wouldn't really go yeah. heavier and if you're any like if you're strong at all you would have to use such heavy load it's just a pain to set up yeah. um yeah so in terms of rep ranges i would stick to a little bit higher like five or more I would lean even towards like six or more fives, uh, mm. a more rare case. I have done a one RM hip thrust before. How was that? <laughs> <laughs> it was all good. It's one of those lifts you yeah. can do one RMs for and you're not worried about getting crushed. Yeah. But it's uh, a, like, yeah, yeah you, you can do it. I just don't see the point really for glute hypertrophy. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, it can be fun. Um, just quickly on the hip thrust, I wanted to say, you mentioned before you got some tips off Brett Contreras and mm. you had been doing hip thrust for a little while. Are you uh, able to share yeah. the um, sort of tips? Like what, what are we, cause hip thrust can be one that's done wrong very often. Yeah. I was wondering if he gave you some, I, I think he, cues. He, he evolved a lot of the technique over time after that as well anyway, but a lot of it is 
tucking the hips under the top. So like, you know, when you're lying flat on the ground and you push your lower back into the ground when you're doing like line leg raises and stuff, finding that position at the top so you can actually squeeze your butt. And then your head position and things and your chest position will just kind of be personal preference. So you can either look straight up at the roof or you can look slightly forward um, or you, and you can kind of cave your chest a little so you're kind of like crunched over and all that helps get help it helps you feel the glute strength exercise basically um and then obviously pushing pushing through your heels um versus pushing through your toes or, or the flat foot there so push through your heels while you're doing your hip thrust and that that's pretty much the basics of it um and then just finding the right foot position having that that shin basically vertical some people have their feet too close or too far away and you can get a little more hamstring quad doing that versus being right in the middle yeah yeah but, the um so the common like i learn it from him as well same place but the common issues i find when i'm teaching someone like for people listening out is they feel it in their lower back sometimes and i yeah. find that hip position just like you were saying if you try to cue them to get a little bit more into that posterior pelvic tilt position um yeah. it should make them feel their glutes more be a little bit easier on the lower back um cueing looking down towards the knees can kind of pull them into that position as well um, and then the other issue that I have with people sometimes is they feel it mainly in their hammies, yeah. um, which I find mainly I play around with foot position. Sometimes I do have them do a pause at the top, um, but there's a few different things that you can do. Um, and well, the a other lot thing of it, you can with, do with, with the hammies is um, the load's too heavy often. Often it's loading that causes that issue that I've found. And it's just having yep. to strip it right back. But yeah, th those are the main uh, issues that I have when, like if, if someone's listening and they're not sure about hip thrust, those are the main things that I've seen that I would watch out for. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think loading is, is a big one as well because it feels so much easier than doing other things. Yeah, when you go too heavy too quickly, you lose that feeling in the glutes and yep. it kind of defeats, defeats the purpose of the exercise. But that, that kind of ends ends that segment of glutes but mona i know there's a whole new competition starting tomorrow correct with uh yes. international weightlifting yes so there is a lot of excitement around the iwf uh grand prix which is starting tomorrow so it's going to be from the 8th until the 18th um and what i saw um i must obviously just double check but i think it's going to be free live streaming which is going to be so awesome they haven't released the schedule yet um so i think the iwf will release the schedule tomorrow um so we'll see you know who's lifting when um but again it's an olympic qualifier so you are going to see the best of the best compete um obviously the athletes who do well here these are points added to their olympic um qualification and then also towards you know they have to do a certain amount of competition so this is one of the competitions that counts towards going to the olympics um and i've seen plenty of athletes on training camps there's been a whole bunch here in the usa that i've seen like um one of the athletes that um is she's world champion she's uh european champion um solfred she's in the 87 kg competition um she's going to be a very uh exciting one to watch and um 
yeah, there's going to be a whole bunch more. I know, like in the super heavies, I don't know if Lasha is competing or not. Um, so if he is, that will be exciting. I know with a woman, um, Mary will be competing. I'm not quite sure how you pronounce her last name. It could be Tyson or Tyson. Um, but yeah, she will be competing. Um, and I'm not quite sure who else. I must once they release the start list, I can definitely talk about it a bit more next week once I've had a full week of you know, watching all the excitement. <laughs> but for those of you who are weightlifters and you want to see the best of the best, tune in. I think it might be on the IWF website um, or on the IWF uh, YouTube channel. And yeah, what we will do is we'll keep you guys updated on the Lifting Eat Big Instagram as well. So go follow that if you're not on there already. Um, oh, yeah, and I'll be posting, you know, about, you know, how the athletes are doing and who's winning, etc. Oh, perfect. Perfect. And I'm going to introduce a new segment to the show now, and I'm going to spring it on you guys. Colm, what are you training this week? So I've been sick, so I'm just getting my oh, next dude. session is going to be deadlifts. Um, <laughs> nothing crazy. I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to do some every minute on the minute, like 10 minutes of singles at the start, and then a bunch oh. of volume on RDLs. That's part of your off season program, too, right? Yes, it is actually. It's the same. Um, I've modified it a little bit just to like for the workload to suit me. But yeah, it's yeah. A, the exact same principles. Nice. I've actually been running your um your conjugate strongman, just the uh, main lift set reps, just for some of my main lifts yep. of my deadlift stuff. That's been legit as it's nice, lowish volume, but you still get a lot of strength stuff in there. So if anyone's interested, check that out too. So you got this. Mona, what are you training this week? Glutes. <laughs> so this podcast was perfect for me. Just glutes. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, no, but obviously I am doing a glute emphasis program and I'm on week three now. Um, and I'm trying to yeah, get the motivation. Obviously, with having a baby, it's obviously I've got my goals and stuff like that, but waking up many times in the night, <laughs> it does, it does add up. Um, but I'm one of those people who if I train in the morning, I am you know, I do well in my session, I'm motivated, I'm, um, and I know, obviously, motivation is one of those things where, you know, it's not always, um, you're not always going to be motivated, you must just show up in the gym, you must just do the work. Um, and I must just practice what I preach there. And after this, James and I said, we are going to do a training session. Um, so I'll be doing my day two of my four day a week uh, program. So yeah, that's what I've been focusing on. Yes, it's glute emphasis, but it's also whole body um, so I do do a lot of upper body stuff as well. Um, yeah, and that's been exciting because I've got a goal again. And for me, it's always, if I have a goal, I just have, you know, I feel like I've got purpose. I feel like I walk into the gym. I don't like doing a whole bunch of random stuff. I think it just, it's the, it's the athlete <laughs> in me, um, where I just, I love a program. I love being coached, um, even though I, though I do coaching myself, but it's always nice having someone else do your program and, um, yeah, and for those who don't know, James is doing my glute emphasis training program. So you can keep an eye on me doing my stuff. And if I have a day where I don't feel like it, he can be like, you have to get in that gym <laughs> and do that session. Yep, for sure. For sure. And then I'm I'm just doing some bodybuilding do? style stuff. <laughs> I've been do I'm doing some bodybuilding stuff all week. Well, actually for the past few months. Back to jujitsu tomorrow, which would be nice. Awesome. Yep, to get back in there, it's been it's been a little while, like a month, 
a month and a half maybe away with with everything that's been going on so get back to it <clears throat> maybe look to compete again at the end of the year early next year not sure yet and then but yeah i'm just like just trying to get huge and shredded i've been running the hell out the back too after i've been i've actually been running the hell that we have well, a little slope i should say outside the house yeah i was gonna say you call it a yield but it's, it's a hill it a goes yield. up it goes up <laughs> it's a hill <laughs> it's not flat put it that way and I think um, need to like make an instagram video of this hill we have to get the protractor out yeah measure the angle <laughs> that thing looks pretty, well, pretty flat to me but <laughs> i'm gonna get the video but i'm gonna get you to like crouch down and make it look even taller and then yeah like uh, angle it up <laughs> and then but i've been running that after every every session basically it's been really really good um doing that because it's also a great I way to get our doggy tired <laughs> yeah that too and oh, it's because yeah. we get stuck in the idea of oh we shouldn't do cardio after lifting and stuff because you know the interference effect blah, blah blah but the interference effects are so damn small if not non-existent um then it doesn't really it doesn't really matter and if your goals are it's not like we're, if you're it's not, not like we're running marathons um and i yeah, think that's where you exactly. know people yeah get it get it wrong i mean and it's one of those nice things where like when you do it and you actually start to feel fitter like i don't know about you guys but then i start to feel better in the gym as well i start to feel better in like general life things so um yeah mm. adding well, that into elite athletes elite athletes lift and do their sport on the same day all the time I mean, I've been around how many damn teams and pro athletes and a lot of them get damn huge and jacked and they're lifting in the morning and then going on the field straight after that and then going on the field again in the afternoon. So they've basically got two conditioning sessions in the day um, on top of their lifting. And I mean, these guys, I mean, yeah, they're top end athletes, so they kind of respond well to everything, but that effect between the two isn't such a thing. I mean, if you're doing cardio before your strength training, yeah, don't do that. That's not smart. Um, but doing doing your strength training then doing whatever it is for your cardio stuff it'll be all good and you'll probably feel a lot better for doing it if you're not doing anything already i know um <clears throat> com has to do a, a fair bit for strongman as well so he'll be carrying things after sessions or or during sessions even and that becomes brutal too but i think that brings us to the end of today's show so please like subscribe share it uh i've just said our doggy come knows me here probably to tell me it's dinner time for her <laughs> and then tune in for next week we'll have more topics just like this also the lift big epic underground is in the description check that out one subscription price you get access to every single training program and our private discord community so we will catch you next week